welcome to the How to HR podcast. I'm your host, Shona, founder and director at Lilac HR, where we help small and medium-sized businesses become brilliant employers. Thank you so much for joining us today. Feel free to subscribe and let's get cracking. Hello, my lovelies, and welcome to another awesome episode of How to HR. Now, I'm going to get a bit deep with you this week. We're going to talk discrimination because I feel like this topic has had, it's gained a lot of traction, it's been a lot of momentum with the Sarah Everard stuff, the um, American Asian hate going on for some reason um, over in the States. We've had the Black Lives Matter movement last year. We had the Me Too movement. Just feels like we aren't getting it. It feels like we're not quite understanding what discrimination actually looks like and what we can do about it. So I thought I would just talk you through what it actually is. So there are actually four different types of discrimination. You have direct discrimination. You have indirect discrimination. You've got victimisation and you've got harassment. So direct discrimination is when a person is treated less favourably than another person is or would be treated in a comparable situation. So in English, that means somebody who's treated less favourably than somebody else who is in the same boat, basically. Um, And it's normally based on somebody... Um, having a protected characteristic or the, the treatment is based on a protected characteristic. So the Equality Act is a big piece of legislation in the world of HR and the Equality Act basically says don't discriminate. That's effectively what it says. Don't discriminate against somebody based on their disability, their gender, their race, their ethnic minority, their um, not ethnic, their ethnic background, sorry, not ethnic minority, their ethnic background, their religion or their beliefs their um, marital status, it goes on and on. So discrimination would be me saying all females under the age of 30 get a pay increase this month and all females who are over the age of 30 don't get a pay rise and same goes for the men. That would be age discrimination because what am I basing that on other than their gender and their age? So a really good example of this is um, I I had a scenario um, that I supported a manager with where he was dealing with a manufacturing environment. It was a factory. It was a printing, um, a printing factory. So there was lots and lots of paper um, and leaflets and flyers and that sort of stuff um, on, you know, pallets on the shop floor. And people kept leaving their mugs of tea on top of products that they'd printed for their customers so they were leaving you know the nice the nice coffee stains on the on the products they were spilling it on the shop floor and it was there was a high risk of slips and falls and what this manager said was like look you can have your tea and coffee or your drinks or whatever you can have them that's fine but you need to put them in a travel mug and I'm going to provide you with some travel mugs you've got no excuse And everyone was fine with that until they saw someone in the office drinking out of a mug. And they said, well, why can't why can't we drink out of mugs? They can. It's discrimination. No, 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 that was not discrimination. Because 
the decision was based on, and I'm going to use my buzz phrase, I know you love it, it was based on a proportionate means of achieving a legitimate business aim, which means they had a bloody good reason for it. Namely, you were ruining client materials that you'd produced and printed and you then had to reprint, costing money, and you were putting people at risk of falling over, which is a health and safety issue. So actually, that situation is not discriminatory. It's based on your work location. If you moved to a job where you worked in the office, you would also be allowed to drink from a mug. If we said, right, all gay employees, you've got a drink from a travel mug and everyone else can have a normal mug, well, yes, that's discriminatory. You, It's not based on anything other than somebody's sexual orientation. So that's your direct discrimination. Indirect discrimination is a little bit more tricky to spot. So indirect discrimination is where something that you think is a neutral um, provision is put in place, but it puts either a person or a group of people with a particular characteristic at a disadvantage compared to other employees. So let's say that you move your offices to the fifth floor and there's no lift and you haven't thought about how you're going to get your disabled people upstairs. Okay, you've got a wheelchair user and you don't know how you're going to get them upstairs. That is effectively indirect discrimination because you haven't done it deliberately to piss off this one employee. You haven't done it deliberately to make it so that that person can't work there. But what you've done is you've isolated that group of people by by putting your office in a in a position where a group of people can't physically get there. So you've effectively put them at disadvantage because they can't work for you now because they can't get upstairs. So that's where that's the difference between the direct and the indirect. The direct discrimination is really easy to spot because you can see that there's no good reason for somebody putting this person at a disadvantage. And often it's clear that there is a protected characteristic involved. For example, if they're a wheelchair user or they might be of a different race to the person who's making this decision or the person um, the person who they've been kind of pitched up against. Indirect discrimination is very difficult to spot. And that is where things like this, um, this Harvard issue is coming out in America, because it doesn't necessarily mean that they are inherently racist. It can just mean that actually they haven't thought widely enough about how they make their workplace accessible for everybody. And I don't know the ins and outs because I haven't really read it. So, you know, not going to dwell too much on that. So this is where workplaces and employers need to be careful because if you do something like putting your office up on the fifth floor with no lift and only the stairs to get up there, you potentially are isolating people with disabilities because they can't physically work for you. So they're not going to interview for your jobs or if they do interview for you, they're not going to get through. So it's just about being aware of what you're doing and making sure that you're not subconsciously affecting groups of people or putting groups of people at a disadvantage. And again, I come back to the, the proportionate means of achieving a legitimate business aim. So... That's direct and indirect discrimination. 
Now, victimisation is also a term that's banded around very um, loosely. Victimisation is when somebody is dismissed or treated badly as a, in response to the employee raising a grievance or whistleblowing. So it's quite specific. Victimisation can only happen if the person who claims they're being victimised has raised a grievance against somebody in the business or has blown the whistle um, against malpractice. So if somebody says, oh, you're victimising me because you're not letting me have my holiday, well, that's not a thing. That isn't legally correct. They might be upset you're not having their holiday. You might even be discriminating against them by not letting them have their holiday. I don't know. But it's not victimisation. Just be clear on that one. And then harassment. Harassment is one of my favourites because it's got the longest definition. I swear to God, it's got the longest definition in all of employment law. So harassment is any form of unwanted conduct related to any of the protected characteristics. So it can be harassment based on sex, gender, sexual orientation, race, religion, etc, etc. And it generally either has the purpose of or effect, doesn't have to be intentional, of violating someone's dignity and creating an intimidating, hostile and degrading environment. I know, that's a lot of words. In English, <laughs> harassment is any unwanted conduct related to a protected characteristic that upsets somebody, whether it's intentional or not. So harassment can happen through things like people making sexy jokes. Not necessarily sexy, that's probably the wrong word. People making um, sexual jokes. <laughs> I don't know how you can find a joke sexy. Um, people making sexual jokes or comments um, or somebody making derogatory comments about people with disabilities or people of a particular race. It doesn't necessarily have to be specifically directed towards one person. If you are making those sorts of comments just in the general vicinity of other people, you need to be aware that that could be considered harassment because it has the effect of upsetting somebody, violating their dignity, making them feel intimidated, making them feel humiliated, or even just generally being an offensive environment. In short, discrimination is a massive, massive topic. We could be here all day talking about what is and what isn't discrimination. I think there are clear definitions in the law that explain what it is and what it isn't. But when it comes to things like harassment, it's quite difficult to generally advise what is and isn't harassment because it comes down to the person's, um, the person's own take on what that means to them personally. So, you know, making making jokes about people with disabilities might not be offensive to person A, but it could be incredibly offensive to person B. I think the key to avoiding discrimination in your business is to have like a, a don't be a dick policy. 
that's that's my favorite policy of all just don't be a dick if you if you see somebody behaving in a way that you would go god what a dick then probably that behavior needs nipping in the bud best way that you can avoid discrimination in your business is to have a zero tolerance policy and that means you encourage people to call other people out on their terrible behavior because people don't often make such comments in front of their boss because they know they'll get telling told off for it people don't often de- deliberately discriminate against somebody where there are witnesses Because they know what they're doing and they're going to get called out for it. So what you have to do as an employer is generate this culture where you encourage people to call people out and report issues that they see. You need to make it safe for people to report things to you. Make it really easy for people to report things to you. And show them that you're going to take it seriously if they report it. Show them you're going to do something about the information that they give you. That doesn't mean telling them what what you're going to do with said individual it just means taking it seriously and giving them feedback where you where appropriate and where you can about what what you've done to sort the problem the other thing you can do is generate a bit of a a don't be a dick policy and that's my favorite because i think it applies across all elements of hr just don't be a dick like have a laugh have a joke. Don't be a dick about it. Don't don't make sexual comments. Don't say anything offensive. Don't say anything derogatory about a particular group of people because it just makes you a dick. So if you have that approach where you just say, look, this behaviour is not okay and you encourage people to report things to you, you enforce the fact that poor behavior or dickish behavior you know however you want to say it isn't going to be tolerated and deal with it don't just give them a slap across the knuckles um and say oh that's not okay you can't say that give them a disciplinary for it it's not okay to make such comments that are going to be offensive and horrible it's all about creating an environment that everybody wants to be in and that everybody's comfortable in because the the indirect discrimination part of discrimination really highlights how easy it is for even the best intended people or the best intentioned people to accidentally exclude people, accidentally exclude a group of people from their workplace. And you probably don't even realise that you're doing it. But the way that you can do it is create this open, safe environment where people call each other out, but in a constructive way. Not just being bitchy and horrible, but you encourage people and train people almost to, to speak up and say, I'm sorry, but that's not OK. You can't say that in front of me. I actually had um, quite a baptism of fire into this topic, if you like. So when I was 18, 19, I was working for a civil engineering company and I felt very impressed with myself that I got my first office job so I was all like you know pencil skirts and heels um I worked on a team of men 10 men who were all at least 10 years older than me oh maybe one maybe one actually was a bit younger but um a lot of them were old enough to be my dad put it that way so you can imagine in an engineering setting where they're all on site all day 
um, with a young girl in a pencil skirt and heels in the office, you can imagine what the comments were like. And I remember um, one of the guys making a comment on my outfit and he said something like, I don't think you should be wearing that. It doesn't flatter you. And he obviously caught me on a bad day because I turned around and I went, who the fuck do you think you are commenting on the way I look? And he, he just shrunk into himself and went, oh, I'm really sorry. I said, don't ever speak to me like that ever again. And the reason that I said it in that way was because I felt safe enough to do that. Because it was the kind of environment where, yes, people were saying things that they shouldn't have been saying, but you were safe enough to call them out on it and say, that is enough. I wasn't going to get hauled into HR for swearing at somebody else in the office. I was left to do it. And if I had any other issues, I could report it to HR and they would deal with it. Ideally, you want an environment where people don't make those kind of comments because people aren't being a dick. But do you know what? People are. People forget themselves. People think that they're a lot closer to their colleagues than they actually are. People are people. So you just need to make sure that you are creating environments where people can come and talk to you if there is a problem. And they're not going to be, you know, the black sheep of the of the work team now that they've raised a complaint. I think I think the other really important um, element of avoiding discrimination is having a clear grievance procedure. Now, most of you will have something written about your grievance procedure in your contracts, but I can almost guarantee that there's nothing really concrete in there about how you're going to deal with these issues. Now, a grievance procedure is a management tool. It, it is your step-by-step -step guide on what to do when someone raises a grievance and how to manage it. It's not just advice for the employees on how they can raise a grievance. It explains to you as a manager how to deal with it. So I would really recommend digging out what you have on your grievances and thinking, does this tell me or any other manager within my business, what to do if, if, they, if a grievance is raised. Does this tell an employee what we will do if a grievance is raised? And if it's not, then get someone to check it out and get that in place because it really is important that you've got a solid process for dealing with these things so that you can deal with it confidently, calmly, and with as minimal stress and upset as possible. So there you have it. That's my lecture on discrimination. Um, <laughs> as always, if you have any questions, I would love to hear from you. You can send your questions over to info at lilachr.co.uk and Jim and I will probably um, collate the questions that we get and answer them all on a podcast episode, which would be really cool. And also, don't forget to share that you're listening and tag me on Instagram. I know the competition is over to win a Lilac HR mug, um, but I still love to know what everybody's thinking and I love to know who's listening because I'm nosy. So I hope you all have a smashing day um, and thank you for listening. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you love what you're hearing, then be sure to tell us on Facebook and Instagram at LilacHRLTD.